Hangover Destroyer is the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent a hangover. If you like to drink at night and be able to think in the morning, one shot of Hangover Destroyer lets you have all the fun and no side effects. Go to Hangover Destroyer's website, hdestroyer.com, write happy hour in the coupon code, and get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. Hangover Destroyer, seize the dawn. Happy Hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy Hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com, which is brought to us today by Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a schedule that keeps you away from home, the folks at Petite Pet Care understand that some pets don't mind being boarded, but others prefer the comfort of their own home. And if that's your pet, Petite Pet Care will give them loving care when you're not there. You can find them at petitepetcare.com. That's on the internet. That's when you really walk good into it, know. isn't it? Do you I have, might have to call You them. might need to call them, Michelle. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Move in a little bit onto that mic so yeah. I can hear you. Well, I travel many, all the time and I have two dogs. One is 12 weeks and one is 12 years. Wow. So the 12 week old. That's needs quite a, a disparity. Yeah. yeah. They're related, actually. Well, you should, really? In yeah. what way? Um, 12 years. The, the old one is my baby's. Great, great uncle. Yeah. Okay. I was hoping they weren't somehow brother or sister or something right. like that. <laughs> that would have Mama been 12. Was real active. Well, people life. have babies 12 years apart. Oh, absolutely. The yes. other voices you're hearing here are Kate Parker. Hi, Kate. Hi. And Jay Pierre. Hello. Hello. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about them in just a minute. Is that too loud for you, machine? You can turn it up. Oh, that is. I'm feeding back. Was that Sorry. you three? Yeah. Is that better? That's, well, now that's too quiet. Sorry, right. Internet Land. Okay, how's that? that? A Just mess around with it yourself while I do this okay. little intro thing here. Thank you. Okay. Hey, listen, when you walk into a bar in New Orleans, and yeah, I don't think it's any of those that are going to work. It's this one here. Oh, yeah, I was trying to do some... Never mind. It's fine. Oh, you know, you want to try some, do you want to do some engineering? Oh, well, I was going to, but yeah. no. Yeah, no, go really. ahead. Uh-huh. It's fine now. Okay. Is it? Yeah. You can always mess around with it. No when you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limo or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is Happy Hour. A cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. Other than we're all New Orleanians in a bar, in this case we're at Wayfair on Ferret Street, which has been very difficult for some people to get to today apparently due to roadworks. Kate, what happened to you? Oh man, what is up with all these lusher charter school students on Ferret? There are like throngs of them. I can't get by. It was, it was, I, I debated parking my car and just running down the street. There's wow. a lot of them. What do they look like? Nice and friendly? Well-educated? They well-dressed? I mean, yeah, they're well-dressed. They're all appropriately like, you know, happy and they're really smart. Happy. Yeah, they look, they're smiling, uh, like joking around, kissing on each other. They're happy. They're sweet. Did you feel bad for getting mad at the happy little children? I mean, I, I really debated like, what, if, what, if, what would happen if I just parked my car and got out and ran? Like uh-huh. It feels really sort of good for a second. I, I know. Really and then liberated. I'd be like, what the hell do I do about my car? <laughs> I mean, just leave your car on the right. street. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't there a movie like that <sighs> yeah. falling down or something that was... Uh, what was his name? I don't know. I don't know. Michael Douglas. Yes, oh. thanks, Chris. Also, there's a video, an REM video. What is it? Everybody Hurts? Where everybody's oh. stuck on the highway and everybody's oh. just like... That is exactly what it's like. That is exactly what it's like. Gets out of the car. Yeah. That's happened to me during parades sometimes. You know, yeah. It's just like, all right, well, I'll just get out and join you. Like when you're stuck in the box anywhere. and you can't get out of the box? Yeah, you could yeah. be stuck in traffic for four hours on Mardi Gras. Yeah. Where do you live, Jamal? What part of town? In the warehouse district. So you got to just abandon all hope over Mardi Gras. I leave Gras, town for Mardi Gras. You don't, really. I like to go to you're the, one uh, of those to kind the chicken of New Orleans. to the Cajun Mardi Gras out there. Oh, know, upstate, yeah. yeah. The Mardi Gras. is cool. Do yeah. you dress up? Do you wear the outfit? Yeah, I mean, we make our own costumes. No way. So I the, I, all the musicians are my friends and family, so I get to ride with them. That's awesome. Do you do the chicken thing? Yeah, it's fun catching the chicken. <laughs> and you make a so, gumbo at the end. So for people who are listening who don't know what that is, so you get you get on a horse over Mardi Gras in Eunice, which is a small town, a small Cajun town, uh-huh. and people who are already drunk riding horses, correct? Uh, only the Capitone rides the horse. Everybody uh, you don't the ride on a horse. the wagon or they're walking. Uh-huh. And you go to different people houses out in the country and you beg for uh, different seasonings. Beg. For the gumbo. Like you might go to one farmer's house and beg for rice. 
how do you, you, know, you how do you beg season how do you beg for it they make you get on your knees and there's a guy dressed like napoleon it's to make fun of the french royalty <laughs> so there's this one guy dressed like napoleon he whips you if you don't get on your knees and beg for seasoned sausage or if you don't try to chase the chicken you're chasing in one house you might get rice so you get all the ingredients and uh you know, I find that, uh, yeah, our, our cooking, you know, is great down here in New Orleans. Me being born and raised here, but the food out there is tremendous. What are some people doing at home at Mardi Gras while you're out chasing chickens and so on? It's a real, you know, the rural parts of Louisiana are very family-orientated. I've been doing Mardi Gras since a kid. I've had too many Mardi Gras. I had to carry drunk friends home down St. Charles. I'm just <laughs> done with it. They didn't have and to then carry there's a you. lot of drunk, obnoxious tours during Mardi Gras and too much traffic. I can't even leave With out you. of my parking lot in right. the warehouse district because sure. parades are blocking. So who do you know? Up? Do you have family in Eunice? Yes, my fiance is from Lafayette, and she's related to the Doucet's, Michael Doucet, Matthew Doucet from Beausoleil. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So you're marrying into Cajun royalty there at some yeah. point. For sure. When's well, the, she's when's the related wedding? to him by marriage, but okay. they're still good friends. That's pretty close. When, when's the wedding? December. We're oh, gonna 2014. Elope. You're going to so elope. It's a secret, yes. So don't tell anyone, okay. Where are you going to get Not it? traditional at all. Don't We're, tell anyone. We just talked about nah, it. No, right? no one's listening to this. <laughs> some, beautiful, some beautiful island. Some nice. beautiful island yet yes. to be determined because December's uh, close by. Yes. Or maybe he's going to do it in November and say it's December because then when they ask, it's already happened and whoops, mm-hmm. we already did it. It's a secret. We don't yeah, know Yeah, people true. spend to make their weddings about everybody else instead of them. So we're just real private about it. That's great. That's good. How long have you been dating? Three years. Three years? That's time to make a decision. Okay. Did you know right away? Uh, not right away. After about a year. Yeah. That's, that's not great. right away. Well, no, That's a year. Not. That's, that's a long close. time. That's usually when mine end. Actually, they end way before that. <laughs> if I made it to a year, I'm like, woo! How, how long do you usually make it? <clears throat> Three months. Yeah, that's what At I think. six months, I have another freak out. That's usually when it really blows apart. But that's normal. I think three weeks, I if you get first... Normal thr- to, it's been normal to me my entire life. But I think it, it's like that for everyone until you find yeah. someone that you get past that six month with. Yeah, that's happened a couple of times. Yeah. But, you know, it's hard to find that. Yeah, it's a miracle when it does happen. Katie, you, you're married, aren't you? I am. I knew after two weeks. All right. I gave him the key, Roman. and that was it. You gave him the key to your house. After I said, we're going to get married. Yeah, here's the key to my place. We're going to get married. Whoa. I love you, by the way. And yeah. what did he think about that? Some guys take... Holy Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most most yeah. guys would be freaked out to oh, hear he that. Oh, he was totally freaked out. He was. Uh-huh. He didn't say anything for a good, like, ten minutes. And I just waited. I thought you were going to say 10 weeks. Oh, no. It was 10 minutes. 10 minutes is not that bad, I wouldn't think. It wasn't that bad. Um, what did he say? What was his first rate? Um, he kind of like changed the subject. And then the next day... To football? I went back to it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what to. And then the next day I went back to it. And I was like, do you remember that thing I said? What's, what's up with that? You know? But after two weeks... I left that hanging, so we're not going to... Why were you so determined to make a big deal about it after two weeks? I don't know, because like I feel like um, when you know, you know. And if I knew and he didn't know, I wanted to move on. Like, forget it. That would have been... That would have nixed the whole thing after two weeks. And you didn't think somewhere maybe at three weeks or four weeks? Well, maybe I was I don't know. wrong I th- about that. I think that if I, if I really... I really trusted myself, so... I think I'd been in enough crappy relationships to know that yeah, well, there if I felt so sure, way, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Get yeah. out of the way. Yeah. And if I felt so sure that I knew that either I'm completely an ass and if that's the case, then <laughs> I just needed to move out of that and figure, figure out why I was an ass or he just needed to, to get with the program to let me know either he was with it or not. And, and he was, it, he was and totally he was. with it. And it's mm-hmm. worked out. And how long ago was that? Um, I guess we've been together for nine years and we've, we've been married for seven Okay. Lucky seven. It definitely right. helps Good you learn job. a lot about yourself. Round of yourself. applause, please. Round of applause. <laughs> okay, well, shall I, shall I tell everybody a little bit about you? Sure. This is Dr. Kate Parker you're listening to, who's the Executive Director of Market Umbrella, the folks who put on New Orleans farmers markets across the city and downtown uptown, the French market in mid-city. Kate originally moved to New Orleans in 1999 to teach eighth grade oh, 97. Ma- math. 97. 97. There had to be always a mistake. I know. It could be my fault. Is it your fault? You don't have an eye for detail and you're running an, mm-hmm. a giant market like this? Uh, and all that money <laughs> going back and forth? It's only two points. It's wooden, imagine it's wooden if coins. Was, imagine if that was millions. Oh, Jesus. Moved to New Orleans <laughs> in 1997 to teach eighth grade math. That's hard to say, actually. But quickly realized the futility of that pursuit. 
Inspired by her observation that the lack of nutrition was one of the obstacles students faced, Kate enrolled in Tulane University's School of Public Health and began working at Tulane's Prevention Research Center. Had you met Mr. Wright by this time? Mr. Wright? Yeah. Mm-mm. The guy you married to. Oh. <laughs> Who were you thinking I was referring to? I know. I was like... Somebody like, called David Wright? The well, re- on the way here, I saw an ad for a political candidate of the name of Wright, and I was like, wait, Wright? That guy? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is Mr. Wright's name? Um, James Karst. James. Had you met James when you, at this point when you no. quit teaching and... Uh, Went to yeah, college? actually that summer. Yeah, he was part of the reason why I quit teaching. Really? Why? Because I realized he was working nights at the newspaper and a, and a nighttime copy editor and a daytime teacher. Those hours are not meant to be. Yeah. So, so some of, someone, someone, one of us had to make a change. So you and must have been totally in love with this guy, obviously. Completely. You decided to throw in your career as well for well, him. Well, you know, it's sort of like an extension. And plus, you know, there's some teacher burnout. I was getting a little burnout. It's hard. How long have you been teaching for? Seven years. Yeah, well, that is a long time. Yeah, and I was thinking maybe. That's I why need you to hate those kids from Russia. Like bigger impact. <laughs> now it's all no. making sense. Yeah, full-time teachers no. have a lot of respect for them, man. No. Yeah. I don't. No, I had students go to Russia. Patience. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're not saying any more bad things about yeah. your attitude toward children and that. Oh, <laughs> I have three of them. You have your own children. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they're not hard to deal with. or They're five, three, and one month. One year one, old. Five, three, and one year. Yeah. Okay, so first of all, you just got these months wrong. But I mean, years wrong yeah. between 1997. Yeah. And now you confuse one year with one month. I know. Well, you know. You have a lot on your mind, or you... It's just the kids. They're exhausting. Hey, look. Oh, she's bringing Here we over go. snacks. No, I, think, I think Jay ordered a cheese plate. Bring it on over. You know, yeah, it's okay. You're wow. Wow. That's so all. Let's move the decorative yeah. gourd. Nice going, Jay. You know, it's decorative John. gourd season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, Let's Douglas move that over. Our photographer puts that <laughs> on. On a slate. That's that. Wow. Looks like a slate that came off a roof. That's, that's pretty. That is nice. It's a roof slate. Oh, that's gorgeous. Right. Okay, Mashia's ordering something to eat as well. This is... You want to you want to buy the waitress's <laughs> earrings off her ears? She offered. She, she made did? them. They're really they're for sale. You're, put, look, you're taking look, out your wallet. You're talking to a microphone though, otherwise they're we can't. They're adorable. Look how adorable they are. They are. Hey, oh yeah, do those you make knives those are cool. for real? Yeah. Well, come and tell us come something about them here. then. Here, I'll go get the Pinot Grigio. You sit and are talk. Sure? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, all right. yeah. Well, I, I hate. Do you have a card? Um, no, but the girl that I work with over there, we are doing. Should I put the? Should I yeah, put, put the headphones on. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like you know real. This is awesome. Performer, yeah. Um, her and I are doing a market. She on, and I. No, she and I are doing a market November 8th. It's called Little Flea, and it is on Magazine Street. I'm doing the opening um, for that. You are? She is the opening for that. That's so funny. Yes. We have a booth there. And oh, <laughs> she is um, reselling vintage clothing and accessories and stuff like that, and I am recreating antique jewelry and making it into my own and adding yeah. different stones, like the necklaces that I'm wearing right now. I added the stones in and I used two different types of verme chain, which is like antique gold, which is much better quality than today's plated gold jewelry. Which uh-huh. is so much they're better. beautiful. Thank you so yeah. much. And then the rings I made, they're separate rings and I wire up each one and added the different stones and the earrings here. They also have the verme chain with. Um, what is verme? Verme is the type of. Yes. For me, it's the type of gold that they use. It's a type of gold plating that lasts much, much longer, which is why antique jewelry that you see in antique stores, they still like have such a great quality to them. They do look a little bit on the tartar side, but they'll never... Um, but you can clean will that. never come off. Yes, you can yeah. clean them, and it'll stay much better quality. And they don't make your skin turn green. Exactly, mm. exactly, which okay. is like so great compared to mm-hmm. gold-plated jewelry now. Well, listen, while we're, while we're giving you a total free commercial here, <laughs> yeah, right. might as well tell us where to find it. What, <laughs> do you have a website or something? Um, I'll bring you her card, but we're going to be selling it on Etsy. Her shop is Time Traveler Vintage. Time so, Traveler Vintage. Mm-hmm. I'll bring over a few cards for you guys if you'd like. Yeah, okay, it. well. Thanks. Sure thing. Awesome. How cool. This All right. So great. Hey, t- just, just, Keep tell, up the good work. just tell us your name so we know who uh, you my are. My name's Hannah Burger. Hannah Burger. Nice. Okay. Are you from here, Hannah, or what? I just moved here uh, um, about seven months ago from New York. So I moved down here to do my jewelry designing because there's a really great market. Okay. Market here for awesome. Hannah Burger. So. All <laughs> Thanks <laughs> so much. Good job, Hannah. Awesome. Thank you okay. so much. <laughs> See you later. All right. Mashia Lake is back. Oh, here. Oh, here's some money. <laughs> We don't have to pay for that as well, do we? After the whole commercial. We did a whole commercial for Hamburger Jewelry. Oh, yeah. You should sponsor me. 
What? That's a great idea. <laughs> hey, look at that. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Put them on. You've got spare holes. You, <laughs> you don't have like Ebola. 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 You don't have Ebola, Hannity. Ebola ears. You can't get that from <laughs> Kate. You're a doctor of something to do with public health. Public health. <laughs> this is awesome. maybe you've got Ebola. This is awesome. We've only been here a few minutes. You have a free pair of earrings. No, I paid for them. You bought those earrings. Yeah. Oh, I thought she was giving them. No, no, no. You know, you got to support local. I thought she was going to give you a good, like an endorsement or something. What do you think? Pretty gorgeous, right? I mean, they're, I like them. Yeah, they're cute. I think they look good. Jamal, you're an artist, right? Tell her, what are they, what's your opinion about these earrings? They look great. They're very creative. I've never seen knives that small. Bangles. It reminds me of one of those old school cowboy knives my grandfather used to have. I like And the fact she made earrings out of them. Your grandfather amazing. was a cowboy? No, but you know those old people always had something that looked rustic and antique, like it was back from those days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was a farmer. He was. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. From Where? here in New Orleans. Oh, no, St. Francisville. Okay. Ah, so what you was have the a crop? lot of ties. Uh, they used to grow everything. Um, they go down to the downtown France, St. Francisville. Who would tell me? And they would sell like squash and snap peas nice. and okra, nice. things like that. He was a uh, part Choctaw, and um, his. I actually went to go visit his. <laughs> mother's graveyard which was my great-grandmother and uh it's in tunica going mm-hmm. towards angola wow there's a nice nature trail that we go we've been to uh out there that's really cool in tunica like tunica tu- falls uh, yeah tunica falls mm-hmm. yeah awesome awesome it's like it's supposed to be like where the last uh, where the glaciers stopped during the yeah. ice age and you don't who even told, know you're in louisiana who told you that it was there's, a there's a glaciers. sign out there. Really? There were glaciers and marker. here? There's a sign. <laughs> an ice marker. age. We're talking about, <laughs> m- what, millions of years ago? Yeah, right. Is that really yeah. true? Does that, do you believe it? Jamar, really? Do you believe there was, there was a, a glacier mm. in North Louisiana? I guess there could be. Who knows? Millions well, of years ago, if yeah. If there was an ice age, I guess the whole world was yeah, covered in ice, sure. right? So it's not that unbelievable. Yeah. So who moved to New Orleans? Which What part of your family? Did your grandfather leave St. Francis? Uh, on the Pierre side, I have... Uh, my dad is a Pierre. We have a place called Pierre Town in Edgard, Louisiana. That's in St. John Parish. And on mm-hmm. my mom's side, her dad's from St. Francisville. And her mom's from Napoleonville. Grew up right on Bayou de Fou. She grew up on a plantation. So were they French? On a Pierre side, they, they, they were uh, real my grandparents fr- spoke French Creole. They did. We're, we're, we mixed with all kind of stuff, you know, yeah. African mostly. Native American. But who was the European. person who was the person who moved to New Orleans? Do you know back then? All of my grandparents moved to New Orleans. They all came They're all from the country. Did they keep Most any, of us are from the country. Do they keep any there. property up there? Do you have a farm? Pierre Town, yeah. Pierre Town. There is Pierre everybody Town. that lives on the land is my family. Right on River Road. Beautiful place. They still have bonfires, hunting fish. Really? Yeah. That's gorgeous. Have you, you been there, Kate? No, I haven't, but now I want to go. Yeah. I never even heard it's of it. It's very inspirational. You've traveled all over. When I go out there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it inspires me to want to paint more mm-hmm. uh, about nature. Mm-hmm. You know? Is that what Moisture Subject is about? Um, in the past, because I worked in Triple for a long time, a lot of my stuff is about Monte Gras Indians, brass bands, and urban settings in New Orleans. But I do have some stuff that that's like swamp scenes, bayou scenes, mm-hmm. uh, Cajun musicians. I can read this intro, if you like. Oh, sure. I can tell you a little bit about it. <laughs> Why don't I? Sure. Jamal Pierre is a New Orleans artist whose bright, life-affirming murals can be seen across New Orleans and in other cities across the country. In the last two years, Jamal has completed a series of what he calls murals that change, which they don't really change, do they? They change the way people think. Right, but they don't actually change. They're not murals mm, that Not change. all the time, sometimes. There should be murals that change with like dot, dot, dot or something. Right? Technically. Okay. <laughs> murals that change, which he's painted with inner city youth in New Orleans. You've probably seen Jamal's work under the overpass in the Treme. There's a 70-foot mural at the St. Peter Claver Catholic School. And in Los Angeles, mm. there's a 40-foot mural at the Institute of Maximum Human Potential. What? Wow. Mashir, what was that look of shock? I just want to go to that institute. I know. What? And maximize wanna, your human wanna, potential. Yes, exactly. <laughs> what is the Institute <laughs> like of Maximum really? Potential? What is the Ma- Institute of Maximum Human Potential? They're where we trouble youth and homeless families. Mm. Ah. It's in Watts, right where the Watts, the Watts Rebellion, where the Watts uh, riots happen. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, 
two blocks down from the Charles Mingus Art Institute and the Watts Towers. It sounds like a historic place. Yes. How did you get hooked up with those people? Um, some collectors, you know. Someone found you? Networking. I've been doing it for 20 years, so I've been really blessed and lucky to get a lot of work just by word of mouth. You started when you were five? Mm-hmm. I know. Right? like drawing and painting, but I didn't start professionally until I was... 18, 19, I'm 20. I mean, I mean, I'm 41. I'm sorry. I'm 41. You Boy, what's up with all the math on the show today? I'm 41 now. So. <laughs> 41, you look fabulous. When I was a kid, it's I the did. glasses. It's the glasses. When I did, I did graffiti. So, you know how that goes. Where'd you get those giant glasses from? I'm pretty great. Uh, one of those visual places. One of those visual places. Okay, listen to this sentence here. Jamal is also popular with collectors, as he was saying, and has had work commissioned by, among others, Beyonce Knowles doesn't get much bigger than Never that. Heard of her. No, she's um, she's an entertainer. <laughs> Tina Knowles, who is Beyonce's mom, right? Mm-hmm. Wendell Pierce, Anthony Mackie, and Time Warner Entertainment. Wow. Jamal's paintings were featured in the HBO series Treme, and for over a decade he's been a featured artist at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. Man, come on. Seriously. What about that? Okay. Wow. Okay, so should we just go right into the Beyonce conversation? Um. You not. know, Essence Festival. She performed at Essence Festival a lot. Her mom's a big mm-hmm. art collector. And uh, they have a whole collection of art hanging up at House of Darion in downtown Houston, which I used to live a couple of blocks away from after the storm. House of, so I met them House in Houston of, because... You did? Because the year after Katrina, Essence was in That's Houston. right. It was. Ah. And it was a big deal when it came back. Yeah. So you actually met Beyonce? Mm-hmm. Like a regular person? Yeah. What do you think? I mean, she's it, a regular I mean, person. If, I don't know if you've ever been to these festivals like Jazz House or Essence Fest, but people just walk around. It's true. We're all just regular people. Yeah. I, I've never seen, I have never seen Beyonce walking around, actually. I think I saw Nicole you? Kidman. Of course, the, they Nicole have Kidman? bodyguards sure and they PR people with them, but you know. Oh, yeah. Sure. I saw a prince. Nice. He wouldn't talk to me. Oh, really? He didn't want to challenge you to a game of basketball? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't want to play basketball with me at all. Okay, I'm going to make Mashir play us a song in one second, but first of all, I'm going to do my one-paragraph introduction of you as well, Mashir, because that would only be fair, right? We're halfway through the show, and I've just got to this introduction. Interesting. Mashir Lake is a New Orleans entertainer, in case you were wondering. Singer and leader of her own band, Mashir Lake and the Little Bighorns. Mashir's music is strongly rooted in the tradition of New Orleans jazz, but delivered in a package that is anything but traditional. I think that's a pretty good sentence, probably, right? Yeah, unless you're talking about, well, traditional tattoos or Native American cultures. You know, those kinds of traditions. It's not the traditional jazz package. No, it doesn't look like the traditional. But it is now. Well, you've turned it into something else, though. It's something completely different now. Well, we're not really. We started out as a traditional jazz band, but we take elements from all over the place. So we, we do some right. Chuck Berry. We do some Fats Domino. And... Traditional New Orleans jazz isn't so vocally rooted, and me being the band leader and being prime, like, well, vocalist and the leader of this band, not an instrumentalist. Well, a voice is an instrument. That's a delicate subject. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> uh, we've taken on some more street beat sounds and some more brass band sounds and a little bit of rock and roll, but there's still some trad jazz in there, too. Yeah. The band has been reviewed glowingly everywhere, from the venerable New Yorker magazine, which called Mashia Thrilling, to a British rock magazine, R2, which I've never heard of that. Have you ever heard of that before they reviewed you? No. Is that, is that popular? Well, I hope so. I hope so too, because it described the Little Bighorns as one of the most entertaining bands on the planet. Uh, yeah. Wow. It's really nice. Of you them. can't yeah. do much better than that. Well, I guess unless you're talking into galactic rock. New Orleans agree, having named Mashia female performer of the year multiple times at the Big Easy Awards, as well as playing across the country and around the world, from New York's Lincoln Center to Brazil, Denmark, Russia, and more. When they're at home in New Orleans, the band plays at least two or three nights of every week. And the Little Bighorns have three albums that can be found wherever great music is streamed or stolen. Two albums. Only two albums, not three. Well, the third one is in concept form still right now, but we're working on it. Oh, I can, I can read that differently. I can say it has two albums and the third one's on the way. Yeah. Okay, here we go. The Little Bighorns have two albums that can be found wherever great music is streamed or stolen and one more on the way. Definitely okay, stolen. How's well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are people stealing your music left and right like everyone else's? I'm sure, yeah. But, I mean, such are these times. Like, it would be nice if Spotify gave people checks and it wasn't so hard to find out 
how you can get your BMI royalties. Anyway, that's all the industry stuff I never wanted to know. Mm. Mm. Well, you have to I know that. I just want to play music, but... Do you do your own business as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I so you have to know that crap. Yeah. It's all been a work in progress, but I've been <clears throat> leading this band in, well, except for a year there, being our domestic agent and manager for the entire time and just figuring it out as I went. Have you ever had Trying to be a nice person at the same time. Have you ever had a manager or people helping you? We had a manager for about a year. It didn't go so well. I don't want to talk about Yeah, it. you know something though? <laughs> a lot of people who come on the show, including Andrew Duhon, who's usually here, who's off actually recording an Airbnb commercial today. Oh, cool. Good for him. Wow. He said the same thing. And then almost every other musician who's been on the show says the same thing, that I don't have a manager anymore because we parted ways. I guess there's just not enough money to be made or something. It wasn't the money. It was what he wasn't doing, really. Mm. Wasn't like doing the enough money work was there. for you. It right. could have been really great, but... Yeah, you kind of have to have attention to detail, detail and respond to emails fast or at all. Oh, jeez. Well, if you have a manager who's not returning your calls or your <laughs> emails. Like, I was doing a better job than right, that, okay? Right, I can at no least respond. No hard feelings, but right. kind of. But now you have to take responsibility for all this crap, and you have to know what Spotify pays and where the check's coming Spotify from. Spotify doesn't pay. Do you ever get any checks at all from Spotify? No, they don't pay the, the artists. Nothing. They don't pay Most the artists at all. Nothing, so no. I'm paying nine ninety nine a month to Spotify. Where's the money going? I have no not idea. Not to you. It's going to them. To it's Spotify. not going to me. So they're stealing? The, how is this possible? I mean, there might be something that I don't know, some loophole that I haven't gotten a hold of because I'm still working on registering everything with BMI and all of the other industry things I'm trying to figure well, out Do right you get now. checks so from anyone else, like Google Play? No, that that's a thing. iTunes? <laughs> yes. That's what good. about Pandora and those places? No, none of the free streaming sites. Nobody Even if you pays pay a the penny. Premium, uh, we get our money when you buy online from Amazon, CD Baby, or iTunes because we're officially registered with them. And then we get a percentage of it. If you buy directly from the artist, of course, we get more. Right. But I thought that those places like Spotify and so on paid a minimal amount but at least it was something even though it's pathetic well i hope but so i hope they do well apparently and not I find you out how heard. otherwise that's kind of a jerk move hmm. can people pay you directly for digital files like for mp3 files no, or whatever i can barely work my iphone no yeah can't you download <laughs> stuff off cd baby yes you can well okay. and for me it's worth it for them to take a percentage to take that so you don't have to deal with that stuff yeah, yeah. yeah. are you on the other places as well like Bandcamp or any of these other joints that mm, people I get don't no, I don't think so. So if we want to buy some Mashiach or listen to it and see if we want to buy it, we can go to CD Baby and that way you actually get paid. Yeah, CD Baby, Amazon. Or go to a gig and buy it. Or go to a gig and get yeah. one from right. us. And hey, you want to play something right now for free? <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> I'd love to. All right. What Sweet. Do you think? What are you going to play? Um, I'm going to play a song <clears throat> that my best friend Erica Lewis wrote. I'm working on a solo album right now with producer and former owner of Piety Street Recording Studios, Mark Bingham. Uh -huh. And we have about 30 songs to sort through and see what we're going to record. This isn't a jazz record. It's not going to be a genre-specific record at all. We're just going to kind of see what happens. Um, How far somebody along? Somebody tell a joke while I find the While you find a pick, okay. I'll just keep asking oh, you. No, interesting. <laughs> you lost the pick? I just had it. Is it in the guitar? That's where I my will. guitar picks always go. There you go. You can fold the oh, card you know in. Maybe it's... You put it in, in your bra. bra. Everybody does that. <laughs> you stick... You stick I would the too if I had to wear one. It's the girl pocket, right? <laughs> you stick the picks in your bra for real. Regularly. Usually, yeah. And money. And do you I stick mean, your no, phone? Nothing. We don't want to have bulky pockets, so yeah. Do you no. stick your phone in there as well? No. No. Just a pick and no, money. That's, that's th then I would have a square boob, and I don't think that's very attractive. <laughs> a sweaty square phone. Sweaty square I, I have <laughs> seen tons of women pick their phone out of their bra, though, haven't you? I'll put it in the middle sometimes. Oh, it's, okay, it's so happened. Yeah. That's still a bra by the, by the middle. Yes, it is, but it's not like the pocket it's part, which is in. the boob I've under. seen them put money, it's not the boob but under. not phone. Never seen people pull a phone out of the bra, ever? No, only money. Really? Okay. Yes. I've seen a few women pull that. I just want to say, so. since it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, don't oh, put you. your don't put your phone in your bra. That's a really good point. That, that, is, that, is, that is a good point. Our tech director, why? Because of breast cancer? Yeah. It seems like bad news. It does seem like bad it news, is. but we hold it to our heads all of the time too. That's that's my, boobs are I more important though. Than brains? <laughs> <laughs> boobs are more important than brains? 
Oh, wow. boy. Well, I kind of agree. That tip, Well, never mind. Let's step away from that topic. Well, if you kind of agree even, <laughs> that's something that's more than I would have thought you would have said. No, 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 no. Boobs are not more important than brains. They're all important, and you shouldn't fall in love with the brains, even if the boobs are first. Boobs are important for feeding babies. Yeah. That's true. And for motorboating. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway, on that note, so let's hear it. <laughs> I'm not going to take the bait. Or motorboating, written by Miss Erica Lewis. What's it called? It's called All the Little Bluebirds. Sorry, what does she run before? She I runs a jazz band called Tuba Skinny, and her and I have a band together called the Magnolia Beacon. That sadly enough, we don't get to play that much because she's always traveling with them, and I'm always traveling with the little bighorns. But her speaking voice. All right, for those of you out there that doesn't don't know what creates a harmony. A harmony is a third above the root note. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Her speaking voice is a third above mine. So when we say the same word at the same time, it's a harmony. So it's interesting I'm never going to find anybody that. else in my life like this that just she, sings so well. She reminds me. me of you. Oh, thanks. When I've seen her on the street performing, that's she performs in the French Quarter. I mean, you used yeah. to perform in the Quarter. Yeah, I got and, my start and there. there. And so similar kind of music. And then her band came along, which is just called Tuba Skinny, I think, isn't it? And, then, and they seem to be doing the sort of same thing that you started out doing, and her voice is similar to yours. It's interesting that you're actually not only friends with her, but you're in a band with her. Oh, we're incredibly close. She's yeah. my best friend. How well, and it's not, I mean, at, when I started with the band on the street called Loose Marbles in 2007, and at that point, it wasn't hard to get the spot in the morning. You could saunter out there at 9 or 10 and be like, ah, get in the spot. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Now kids are going out there at like 3 o'clock in the morning to hold the spot and taking shit. So I was like, y'all can have it. Yeah, same thing with the artists at um, Jackson Square. It's uh, bad. Yeah, it blew up. It (laughs) blew up. And now there's like jazz bands and big bands in every quarter. And I mean, I wish everybody the best. Like, go make your money. Go make your money. But it was like in 2007, like this kind of happened and it just caught on. And Do you have to have a license to play on the street? Isn't there no, one? and I don't think you ever should. But you don't have to have one. Anyone can just as the long tap as tap dance kids don't have one. That's true. Good. Most no, of them no, you don't age. have to have an, a license to play on the street. But there are imposing restrictions, such as uh, how long you can play, curfews, curfews oh. basically, and where you can play. Like you will get kicked out of certain spots. What about all the whole thing, Jamar, with the the artists around Jackson Square. Mm-hmm. Can anyone just go and hang there out there? Wasn't that a whole No, there's uh, people standing in the line at City Hall for like two or three days just to get a permit. And oh then they cut off the permits. It's hard to get a permit. It's hard to get a permit for a food truck. Yeah. Um, well, there's a limited number know. of food trucks allowed in the city. There's like 35 wow. licenses only or something. And I yeah. thought that spaces on Jackson Square were like all political and you had to pay and they tried to kick people out. Remember that whole... Yeah, there's always Ooh, something uh-huh. going on. I've never. You I don't. Mean, mess, I have some, you don't mess with that sort of stuff at all. There's some. I mean, I go down there a lot because there's some <coughs> some stores down there that sell my work, but uh, I never set up out there before. Right. It's a rough life. Mm-hmm. Do you have a studio in your house or somewhere else? Yes. Yes, think? I live in the St. Joe's Art Lofts, right behind the World War II Museum. So I work out of there. It's a bunch of artists that live there. Some of the artists that live there actually uh, sell their work out in Jackson Square. So you can get up every morning and paint. Uh, teach class first. You do? Then I paint. You teach your own class or you teach in a school? I move around to different schools all around the state doing murals with kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you divide your day out between that sort of thing, painting with kids? Yeah, I mean, I try to keep my hands in like four or five different things at one time. And who does all that for you? Do you do all that yourself? You people I'm a just robot. call, they call you. You don't have a manager or agent or any of that stuff? It's word of mouth. Right. Word of mouth. Um, sometimes I reach out to people but a lot of his word I'm out you know I'm, I was here before Katrina I was here <laughs> so, right you know, have man, you seen like a change said, I, Is that ch- did that change the art scene as well uh, I'm starting to see a positive change now I'm liking it the new fresh breath of air I do see a change we lost some of the culture and some of the soul it is becoming a new city it's becoming more expensive mm-hmm. mm. um, the crime isn't as bad I think we're starting to do business instead of business. We just need to get rid of the crooked politicians and businessmen. But other than that, I think we're going to be okay. On, on that note, here comes a song from Michelle Lake, written by Erica Lewis. Dang allergies. 
Just to be able to it's sit nice there and guitar. do that. It's on permanent loan. It's a beautiful guitar. Who'd you steal it Thank from? you, Russell Welch. Very nice. Wow. He's a guitarist in my band, and he uh, was my last He's boyfriend also, since we're so personal. Okay. <laughs> so he was happy to let you keep the guitar in the, in the breakup? No, I got the guitar before the breakup, uh-huh. and it had been sitting in storage for a couple of years. He used to play it. Sorry to embarrass you, Russell. And his Dave Matthews cover band in music school in college. <laughs> and had been sitting in storage since then with a crack and some strings missing. So I fixed it so it's kind of mine. Okay. That is a pretty embarrassing sentence, Dave Matthews cover band <laughs> in college. You know, we all do things when we're young. Yeah, it's well, you we have to make a living. So <laughs> what's it like being in a band with someone who is your ex-boyfriend? That must have taken a bit of getting used to. Uh, it did, and it's not always easy even now. We're really good at arguing with each other, and I will say that it's rewarding, and he's one of my best friends, and he's irreplaceable as a guitarist. Absolutely irreplaceable part of the band. Um, but I know that some of the other members don't like to sit in between us sometimes or listen to us argue. Hmm. That's tough. That is tough. <laughs> Expected. Meh. You know? What are you going to do? Right. It's a small city. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've tried dating I've people I have nothing in common with. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring. <laughs> what, uh, what kind of person would that be who you, you meet with nothing in common with that doesn't mind someone with tattoos well, all over them? I mean, oh, doesn't mind, excuse me? Yeah. I mean, if, if you have nothing in common with them at all. I'm thinking of somebody who's got like a regular job and a, like, like maybe what? teaching school. I have a regular or, job. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean. Something, someone <laughs> with whom you have nothing in common. Who would that well, be? That a square? Yes, thank you. One of these, you can't see it right now in internet land, but I'm drawing a square. Actually, it's more of a rectangle with my Yeah. But you... No, I respect everybody for what they're going to do. Different strokes for different folks, you know? Yeah, we need everybody to do something. Definitely. If those nine to fivers were out there, then I couldn't go to the bank and put money in. Yeah, but do you think one of those guys is going to fall in love with you? eat delicious food or... I'm right. sure they all have probably fallen in love with her. Yeah, but I mean for real, though, <laughs> and have a real relationship with someone who's not connected to anything in your life at all. Is that well, even possible? 
she was Kate was saying schedules are important mm-hmm. you know and I it doesn't mean that you don't get along or don't care about each other but if you're locked into a certain schedule if you're not willing to be like all right this is it I'm gonna change my life to be with you then that's not gonna work out you know? exactly what is your schedule I mean, if you have to but if you have to do business during the day and you got to be up in business hours to do that to so get up at noon. Of noon that's not bad <laughs> What time awesome. do you What time do you go to sleep at night? Usually about four or five. Okay, well, that's, I guess. I've always been like that. Even in high school, when I had like seven a.m. class, oh, I was Jesus. just sleeping on the desk, and then about noon I'd start to wake up. You know, I've just always been right. wired that way. I have definitely had day jobs that started. 7 you know, most adolescents are ra- are wired that way. Maybe most of them are. True. That's why you know. That's why kids are like, they fall apart in high school because they shouldn't be made to get up at 7 a.m. They all shouldn't. They there should, should be, wow. be a noon o'clock high They school. should get up at like 10 and be at school from like, you know, 12 to 6 or something. You should start that school. I know. It'll be pretty popular. I'll Is have it? babies and have them go to your school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. If you start the school, Kate, if Kate starts the school machine, you'll have babies. Yeah, Jay will, okay, be the, Jay will be the teacher. Okay. <laughs> in South America, they have it right because they do the siestas. They wake up oh, yeah. at like oh. 6 in the morning and oh. take a nap. But the school they do, like from 2 12, to 4. From 2 to they 4. all is shut the office. I thought it was from 12 to 2, okay. Or two is it 12 to, to Oh, yeah. Or it's like still, 2 hours I mean, middle of the day. That's the way you do it. Yeah, you go home for lunch and you take a nap. I, I can't wake up at 6 a.m. In fact, I was bicycling through some countries that had siestas a couple of years ago. And that's like when I would get hungry. You know, wake up at ten or twelve and get on the bike and go to another so, town. So you're a big, you're, you're a big. Like Four p.m. I'm starving and right. There's nothing just open. Keep being starving. <laughs> yep. But you'd get off if you lived there, I guess, for a while. You get on that schedule. You were just on a vacation. Yeah, for about six months. Where were you? That's a nice vacation. Uh, bicycled, <laughs> bicycled from. Um, let's see. I started in Berlin, took a train to Italy. And then biked and took trains through Italy to the ferry, and then took the ferry to Greece, and then biked through Greece. Did you go by yourself? Nice. That no, nice. no, no, no. Um, I was actually engaged to be married to a Latvian jazz musician in Berlin, and we had this like kind of circus troupe mm-hmm. jazz band. And uh, we're uh, my friend John Joyce, who now plays in the Smoking Time Jazz Club and various other jazz bands here. I was in a circus with him a decade ago. He spent seven years bicycling on a tall bike most of the way. Oh, God. Playing music wow. from England to Japan. There's just back, and so back much. To New Orleans there's too much in that paragraph. Where do we start? To. The magic bike, huh? <laughs> Where do we start? Hang on. I, I, there's so much in there. First of all, we have to get back to I was engaged to be married to a Latvian jazz musician in Berlin. That's one of the best sentences. Perhaps. That's a big sentence. That's a great sentence. It's the beginning of a song. But first of all... <laughs> oh, that was an album, honey. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, Kate has a PhD in biking. Well, not what? in no biking, way. but all my research, my earlier doctoral research was in cycling in New Orleans. Do you bike in the city? Yes, I do. Awesome. As often as possible. Awesome. That's great. I drove here. Yeah, well. I live downtown. Yeah. So tell uh, us about tell us about your <laughs> this damn washer kids. Tell us about your PhD in biking. That sounds well. It's in public health, but um, my PhD was looking at ways that the environment impacts how we impacts how we eat and be physically active. So biking is a huge thing to me. Um, my uh, husband, when I met him, he was a cyclist predominantly. Well, motorcycles too. He shared a love of motorcycles. Yes, my daddy's a biker. Nice. Hi, dad. Your dad's a biker and you love motorbikes too, Kate. Yep. Um, but Do you have one? Um, I used to, but it flooded in Katrina. I had a BMW R65, um, an old one that I bought on, on layaway from a bartender. Um, you know. <laughs> Another good sentence. I know, I know, right? Um, New but Orleans economy. I know, it is. It's like I had a tip jar with like the picture of the bike on it when I was bartending yes. and I'm like, just feed in for my bike and then at the end of the nice. night he would come by and I'd be like here take here's yeah. what I got so far <laughs> what bar was this at um I used to bartend at pals at pals oh. lounge mm-hmm. yeah oh, a long time ago awesome. yeah um so for cycling I mean we have so many lanes in the city and I wanted Do to we? see yeah a you lot more than we lanes? used to mm-hmm. we had zilch before we had, Katrina now we have like what three or four basically well no I mean there's Carrollton Avenue Carrollton St. Claude Saint, yes. um there's St. Charles is Saint a Charles, um, Basin. Basin uh, I'm up to four. Um, Martin Luther King. St. Um, Rock. I mean, Ooh, Saint Rock. none okay. of this was I'm there o- before. I'm off one hand by 
one finger. That's not a whole lot of bike lanes compared but to think a about city. How, but zero. Compared to zero, yes. That, that's, that was know, a death trap. In a city where... Now it's less of a death trap. Yeah. And now Barone. Oh, really? Barone Street has We're going to get that. Yeah. I was going to. Well, it's going to. Okay. It's part of the plan. So, you know, so I mean, my whole, my research was about, you know, this is a duh research topic, but if you build it, they will come. If you build a safe place for people to walk and bike, they'll right. use it. Yeah, Surprise. definitely. And, and it'll make them actually go the right direction, you know. So you can get a PhD in that now. I know. I know. That's awesome. You can get a PhD in lots of things. How did you swing that topic? I guess you have to, you know, someone had to do the research. Yeah, I did the research. Yeah. Well, I employed a lot of graduate students. And has it anyone in City Hall listened to you? Yes. The Department of Public Works, yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, and I mean, their whole strategy is really looking at ways in which to help people move around the city more. You know, the, the mayor now goes out and talks about the ways that he used to bike around the city as a kid and go to the corner store and get something healthy to eat. So, I mean, they, <laughs> a good reaction, they've Michelle. got the points, what, you know. What, what Let me have an organic tomato instead of a pig feet. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, he <laughs> said, he's like, I used to go get, get my, my mom used to send me with, you know, $2. And we, I'd go to the store and get the milk and come home or whatever, you know. And or the pack of cigarettes. Yeah, now it's that, that, now that is the, the situation. Red dye. Mm-hmm. Red dye. Red dye. I used to send myself to the corner store with a note <laughs> from my mom to get packs of cigarettes yeah. when I was young. What, uh, what brand them. of cigarettes did, did they you really buy that? Kid? <laughs> well, I was nine. They didn't expect a nine-year-old to be buying cigarettes. Oh, Jesus. You were smoking at nine? I wasn't inhaling till I was about 12. So. Do you still smoke? Mm, that's why I know alcohol is starting to work because I want to smoke cigarettes. But otherwise, during the day or when I'm not drinking, I, I just don't care and I kind of hate it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's hard to give up, even if you hate it. Yeah, and I it is a addiction. in clubs that don't allow smoking. And even, thank even God that's been happening. Tipsy, which I don't get, get tipsy on gigs anymore. Like, I'll have a drink at the end of a set, yeah. or I'll wait till afterwards, yeah. you know. Cause it's just like, geez, you got two hours to do a job. Right. Just just get the job done. Just go through it. Just come on. You know? do you but I mean, not that hard. there's lots of bars that are becoming smoke-free now. Right? I mean, and I love that. That's awesome. That is awesome because there's nothing like when you're trying to take a deep breath. Right. Use your diaphragm, get some notes out, and like really like get to that place. And then you're like, yeah. <coughs> <coughs> <laughs> right. Kind I mean, of a showstopper. musicians need Not to be protected. I mean, we protect and everybody else. And everybody right. that works in these right. venues. Like, yeah, it, you shouldn't well, you have to put your health on the line. You know what job. I heard on right. the NPR News today? That R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company has now banned smoking in their building. See, even they know it sucks. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> They're wow. making them, and you still can't smoke. Isn't wow. that great? What does that say? Isn't that great? They've had to fall in line with like every other public space <laughs> in whatever state. Where are they in Kentucky or something? Do they? I have no idea. Yeah, but I bet you don't Virginia. have to stay 25 feet from the front door of their building. I'm sure I, you can I just walk it right outside. Pretty, it is pretty unbelievable. Hey, Michelle, what are your hands? Uh, what's tattooed on your hands here, on your fingers? Oh, well, the letters say True Blue. True Blue. They would, that was done with a, a needle and in India ink in a trailer in uh, Asheville, North Carolina. I have one of those. The, the, the needle and the, and the oh, India ink. Yeah. Where, where's your Your friends do it, man. It's the best time. You got it done in jail, Jamar? No. No, it's never just, been it's a prison. Even it's though Louisiana has house, the okay. highest prison rate in the world, it does. And you won't. And I'm African American male. I've never been. A, I beat the statistics. Wow, that's crazy. Good. I've been yeah. to jail three times. Have you? And really? I'm a white girl. I mean, I've been a. You're in the wrong OPP demographic. overnight for doing graffiti as a kid, but never oh, yeah, got I never, convicted. I never got what, convicted. What did you anything? get thrown in for? Drunken. <clears throat> drug addiction. Uh, drug addiction. Drug possession. No, I mean, there's lots of stuff. I've All right, Geraldo Rivera. You've gotten away with. Away with <laughs> yeah, but what did you get? What did you get busted for three times? Well, the first time was in Atlanta, and I was at a protest for Mamiya Abu Jamal, and I was set up. And oh yeah, no I about got, him. I mean, that got dropped because okay. they, the cops were wrong. All right. Uh, the second time I was busking in New Orleans for Mardi Gras, I think I was like 23, 22, or something like that. 2002. Okay, so you guys want to try to figure out my age out there? Yes. Um. And we were doing, me and my friend were doing this thing called Whips for Tips, where you whip a tourist and they give you money. And if you want to take a picture of okay. us whipping a tourist, then that costs more money. 
But it started to get pretty crazy. There was a big crowd around us, and it started to get really chaotic. And I was like, this isn't safe. That show Cops came up. Yeah. <laughs> what and you, then after Cops the came, cops those filmed cops you? were very nice. Apparently, we're on Bad Girls of Mario Kart 2003. I haven't seen it. Awesome. What were you whipping the Jesus. tourists with? Do you have an actual whip? <laughs> an actual whip. Yeah. Where'd you get the whip? I don't know. My friend had one. My She's friend a, had a very whip. tall S&M woman. Okay. Yeah. Who looked a, a little? She's like a white Grace Jones. No, right? well, okay. How'd you come up with that? Uh, Lady Gaga. Tough. Anyway, it was entrapment. Okay, one so of these plainclothes officers came up and was like giving her shit. Excuse, pardon my term. Are you a man or a woman? So she ripped open her cat suit, you know, and yeah. her special parts to prove that she was a woman. And then these guys tackled her. Oh and my God. were arresting her for indecent exposure. And there's like a big crowd, everybody's going crazy, and I was just saw these three frat boys grabbing my friend, so I was like, oh, hell no, and I was like, Rawr! and got in there, and then I got arrested for interfering with a police investigation. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Thank better, that's better than assaulting a police officer. That is better. You know? That's Because, like, maybe could have tried to slip was, that in. I was a little drunk, so I guess I didn't yeah. really connect that punch. Good. <laughs> and did that end up in court or anything? Uh, that charge also got dropped. Okay, so and uh, file that in the too crazy to prosecute file. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the third one? Um, that was a public drunk. I think it was my birthday when uh, New Orleans was being occupied by our own government, and I was a little drunk and not very happy about that. I was playing okay. this game called Happy Sandwich Face with my friend after a gig, where you're like, "Woo!" You know, you throw food everywhere. Happy sandwich face. Uh, happy sandwich face. And so these MPs thought I was being gross. And I was like, I'm gross? I'm gross? Oh, hang on now. You're a trained killer. I think that is gross. And I just kind of went Oh, off. no. <laughs> and uh, so I got arrested. They mm. can't arrest you, but they can call people that can. Okay. So that, to that one stick and you had to actually. For future reference. Mm. Yes, but I can still get into Canada. And that is my criminal history, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, very nice. That was pretty good. Whipping uh, the wh whipping tourists, public drunkenness, and a Mamia, uh, what's his name? Mamia Abu Jamal, Jamal, political prisoner, American right. political yeah. prisoner, who's still in jail on death row, by the way. Well, he's, I think he's exhausted all these appeals at this point, hasn't he? Unless somebody can come up with I mean, that's a whole political, that's a different that It's a whole other show. Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. a whole other show. <laughs> But that's been going on for a long time. And, I mean, he's, uh -huh. he's a poster child for the... I mean, last week on the show, we talked about um, Henry Wallace hmm. from Henry's house. So there's a, there are a number of people in this country who are in prison. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> I know, I was just okay, we're not going to go down that road. <laughs> right okay. okay. So, um, Michelle, can we make you play one more song? Yeah, sure. We're so uh, great. to the point where we have to get out of here soon to make way for actual Shoot, which one customers. should I play? All right. What do you think? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll play one that I wrote. Okay. Um, I'll try this one. This one sounds like I wrote it at the Phoenix, which is a gay bar downtown. It's called Hard Loving Man, but no, I wrote it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you spend at the Phoenix? Uh, not really much anymore. No. Anymore? No. Since the last I went there, I went there a couple times and I was like, whoa, all right, well, I'm glad this exists for you guys. But <laughs> <laughs> go somewhere else. I'm going to stick with the Latvian jazz musician. Okay, putting your hand in. I'm looking for my pen again. again. right. Oh, it's right here oh. on the guitar. Oh, there it is. Thank okay. You. You're welcome. Attention to detail. <laughs> um, I wrote this on our last Netherlands tour, which we went on during Mardi Gras on purpose. To get out. Yes. yes. That's the way to To go. avoid getting whipped by the police. And I, interestingly <laughs> enough, I ran into a little Mardi Gras crew on the streets there by a canal. You know, it wasn't oh the same. Gosh. It was like 10 people, but they did two. But I was like, no way! Happy Mardi Gras! Oh, yes. The happy Mardi Gras. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's cool. That's enough. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Okay. You may be a heart. Loving man, I may be a heart to love one more, but it may be sometimes when you look in my eyes, tremble with love we can't stand. Oh, an easy love will never win my 
play that song much uh well i do a solo gig at siberia uh, set during happy hour probably about twice a month and that's one of the songs i think is going to be on the uh, new solo record good decision is that a song about someone you're looking for or someone you used to be with uh somebody i haven't met yet someone you're looking for it's an idea well i wouldn't say looking so actively no i'm not actively point, looking but, but has it like if they you fall have in my lap great but i you know i've got enough to do in the meantime See, that's, that's an ideal. So do you, think, do you think of yourself as someone who's hard to love, like you said in that song? Mm, I've been told that I drive people crazy. Why? Yeah. Uh, I could be pretty wild at times. Yeah. yeah? In what sense? But I'm also very nurturing. You seem like a perfectly yeah. normal person to me. Is a sweet, loving person, actually. Why, thank you very much. I think so, too. Um, but yeah, it's just you know, relationships are hard. It's hard to be with people, and then right. sometimes it doesn't match up. I have another song called Snowflake, which is about how it's hard to find another snowflake like you. And you know, I'm not your normal, run-of-the-mill kind of person. So I've realized it's not going to be maybe so easy for me to find that other person. But I can also make myself extraordinarily happy without that. So it's not a requirement of life anymore. Like it used to be when I was younger, and I was like, "Where's my soulmate?" And I'm like, "Eh." He's out there somewhere. I'm not going to stress out about it. Or he's not. I've got dogs. I've got music. Yeah. You got Fine. I've got friends. I've got love coming from everywhere, you know. That's cool. But you said in that song, I know in my bones I won't en end up alone. Right. Do you feel lonely without someone else at the end of the... I mean, people say... You are so popular. I have, but right. not really It must so be a different lately. thing for someone who's a performer, though, when you, when you have so much adulation and people think you're so great. And oh, you can, that's and you can do something. Yeah, but those people don't really know you. That's yeah. the thing. Like, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. But they're like, I love you. And it's like, thanks, but you don't know me. Yeah. Right. Right. You can do something that most people can't do, that everyone looks up to. It's true. Uh, well, that's a, yeah. I mean, I see that perspective definitely. But when I'm doing it, I'm just kind of trying to be a conduit for the emotion that the song is about or trying to... Uh, present the song like when it's one of the 1920s 30s tunes that we do in a manner that the author or the person originally doing it did too like taking the meaning of the song and more or less kind of being a conduit to it and when you're doing it with genuinity then people react to that because they've felt those emotions it makes people not feel alone in their emotions when they've got somebody else well basically bearing their souls and like uh, relating to them you know that's why music is such kind of a, a, a powerful thing. So it's about the song and not the skill. It's about both, definitely. Mm -hmm. Definitely. But I've run into some artists that don't necessarily have the skill set that some of the people I play with, I mean, they've got master's degrees in jazz performance and, you know, but, and like, they'll be able to play two chords, but put more emotion and connectivity into that song with the two chords than somebody that can jam 60 notes into a bar, you know? Mm -hmm. But when you've got the mastery of both, that's kind of like the ultimate goal for right. me. Like. Yeah. And on that note. I got to run, Jimmy. guys. I was supposed to We're be at the Ogden Museum a quarter to five. Oh, my Ooh. God. Let's get out of here. All right, Jamar. So Jamar, nice thanks for joining you us. Good to meet you. That Cheers. was Jamar Pierre. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye, See you later. Bye. Bye. And that's the end of Happy Hour anyway. We, he Perfect. just timed it perfectly, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He just got up to leave at the very end. <laughs> Perfect. So that Jamal Pierre has left us. Dr. Kate Parker is still here. Michelle Lake is still here. Andrew Duhon will be back. I think he'll be back next week, actually. 
I'm going to have you two guys back on the show if you'd both like to come back. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'd love to. We've we've so much more to talk about. I know. I've had a really fun time. Thank you. Yeah. Our show was produced today by we Graham DePonte, our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director. And our theme music was written by and is currently being played by Mitch Foreman. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to you in part by Pre-Sonus Audio Electronics. If you'd like to be on our show, if you can sit around the table for about an hour and stay upright, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, itsneworlands.com, where you can also check out many other happy hour shows and other shows that we make. Out to lunch with Peter Rusciutti, live from Commander's Palace. Mindset with psychiatrist Dr. Nick Page. You know, they're not... True um, the Game with Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, and Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tookie. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter, and a bunch of other time-sucking social media, too. And all of it, we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show on itsneworleans.com <laughs> and also on our Facebook and Google They're Plus gorgeous. pages. And those photos are taken by the fabulous Douglas Engel. <laughs> if you listen to the show on iTunes, on Stitcher, thanks for subscribing. If you can take a moment, and that's all it'll take to rate and review us, that helps us and helps other people find us as well. That's it. Thank you so much to everybody else who's uh, around the table here at, uh, at Happy Hour. Thanks to the people at Wayfair, where they put fine dining into a sandwich and mm-hmm. fine foods into a glass at Happy Hour from 4 to 7 every day. And the sandwiches, by the way, are awesome here. Sure Thanks are. for joining us. I'm Grant Morris. I'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour. Thank you. Grant. Bye.